Hi, welcome to the Astrology Talk Podcast. I'm Christina Rodenbeck uh, from the Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my dear friend, colleague, um, Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com, and we're going to talk about the month ahead, the month that we've just had, and generally stuff, astrological stuff. How are you, Sally? I'm doing all right, Christina. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Are you really? Um, well, it's it's been an interesting time, hasn't it? I mean, you and I often we talk about what's been going on. It's been quite an emotional time. I mean, Jupiter, big planet Jupiter, now in the water sign Pisces. It came in with a splash, didn't it? I mean, it it's uh, we've seen it politically in the world suddenly these you know boundaries are coming off yeah um there's a lot of it you know um emotion mm. uh the jupiter and pisces pisces can be quite a tribal sign i think mm-hmm. um and emo- but emotionally tribal yeah. and that seems to me to be something that's coming out now and maybe not in the best way it's a bit mm-hmm. um you know, when you look at the news, it's pretty distressing at the moment. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of clash, isn't there? Clash, conflict. My yeah. beliefs are different to your beliefs, and yeah, um, yeah, very. And and it, it all gets it with Jupiter. It just gets inflated, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, the emotions get inflated, so people start to act. I noticed that. I don't know if you saw that the uh, what happened in Glasgow yesterday with the mm, Glasgow no. Rangers going on an anti-Catholic Rangers fans, not the mm. Glasgow Rangers going on an anti-Catholic kind of spree. Yeah. Like, which is an extraordinary thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been all of that, hasn't there? Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm very, it, it kind of also, I think it's been quite a time of extremes in a way, mm. um, which I suppose isn't surprising. I mean, here in the UK, things are opening up more and more, so on the one hand, you know, I felt this kind of euphoria at times of being back out in the world and, you know, meeting friends and um, eating out in the rain, usually. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but hey-ho, it's been a bit chilly. We haven't got summer yet. Um, so there's been this euphoria, but then I've also experienced kind of quite deep inner emotions as well. It's almost as if there's a sort of tug going on between being out in the world and like part of me going, what? You know. Well, it's you describing partly this, you know, there's the Mercury in Gemini, which uh, is going to be in Gemini for a long time and came in at the be- beginning of May, yeah. um, which has been, which is a very, very friendly placement. I have been getting in touch with lots of friends, seeing people I haven't seen in ages. I've been having a gajillion conversations, mm-hmm. but Mercury in Gemini does square all of that Pisces emotion that's, mm-hmm. you know, which is a hard aspect to it. So there is some kind of conflicting mm. feeling in the air, isn't there? There's a feeling of, of conflicting emotions, inner conflict. Mm. Uh, mm. On, on one hand, you want to go around and see everybody, but on the other, there's this. Um, and I also think that the thing about Jupiter and Pisces is is that it is confusing. Mm. You know, it yeah. makes more for more confusion and actually more chaos. Yeah. Um, gosh, we're sounding really negative about it because it's also euphoric and compassionate. And there's been an outpouring of compassion, I think, for mm-hmm. what's happening in the Middle East. And that is very Jupiter and Pisces to 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 feel that. 
is. And I think what's important is that Jupiter is only dipping its toe into Pisces, isn't yeah. it? Um, in the mid part of this year. I mean, it only gets to two degrees and then turns retrograde just out of the period we're talking about, actually. It turns retrograde on the 20th, the last day of um, yep. you know, the period we're looking at astrologically. So it really is a dipping its toe in mm-hmm. and then back out. And um, if you're born, I was just going to say anybody born on the 19th of February, the 20th of February, this is stationing on your sun. Yeah. Jupiter. Yeah. So uh, fantastic if you want to get pregnant or if you want to gain some weight. <laughs> and also very lucky. Well, it yeah. is lucky. I mean, it's, you I know, look so. at what opportunities come in. This uh, I love Jupiter transits. I'm all for it. I see it happening time and time again. Jupiter transits, they bring in exciting opportunities. I always say, look what happens on a really good Jupiter transit because it promises success. You know, the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Um, you get things happening out of the blue in a way with Jupiter. It's wonderful. It brings in this wave of opportunity. So there is a really positive aspect to it. Yeah. And recognition as the other thing I think that you get with the Jupiter on the sun, especially, you know, you get that recognition. Acclaim, yeah. Yeah, that you have been wondering why, why has no one been paying attention to me? And suddenly there it is. People saying, actually all along, we thought you're brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Now there is that nice side of it. I just wanted to say also, because, you know, I think a lot of astrologers were looking at Jupiter's move into Pisces to kind of open up travel as well. It's the global planet. Um, You know, and again, we would, I mean, we're here in the UK, so it's kind of, you know, we're looking at our situation from here out and, this kind of coincided with very few countries going on the green light list. Um, majority of countries going on the amber light list. So even if you want a foreign holiday this summer, you have to jump through a lot of hoops and there's a lot of extra stuff going on to enable travel. And there's still so much that is kind of unknown. It's making it very hard to plan, I think, as well, isn't it? That's why I'm thinking of this as confusing. I think mm. it's confusing. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I think that's also because it's Jupiter and Neptune and Pis- Pisces is a sign. It's like the, you know, it's the ocean. It's a big wishy-washy, you know, s- splurge sign. And so there's a lot of, it's hard to keep track of stuff. You know, it's hard to uh, get the, de- to. it's the sign that's the opposite of detail, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and suddenly it's incredibly powerful. It's in- totally empowered because it's got two rulers. Both of those rulers are in Pisces now. And it's going to be an incredible year next year as well when Jupiter fully gets into Pisces um, because it it actually gives a lot of energy to this numinous spiritual energy, but also energy to the arts. Um, yes, yes. And, and, that, and, we, and we've seen that, haven't we? I mean, theatre's opening up. God, the excitement mm-hmm. around live, you know, music and theatre and art galleries. I mean, that's just, I think people have been so hungry for that kind of culture and creativity and inspiration. Um, So Jupiter in Pisces is bringing in that wave. Mm. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, it's quite hard to keep tabs on what's going on all around the world, isn't it? Mm. You know, there's here in the UK, in England, we're looking at, I keep saying UK and that's kind of it's actually different in Scotland, doesn't it? Yeah, um, here, here in England, you know, I'm I'm living in the centre of London at the moment. So there is, I think Jupiter and Pisces is bringing in a real sort of euphoric feel of, gosh, let's get beauty, inspiration, just 
you know, that that sensation. I mean, there is a you can sense that, too. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, on in contrast, of course, India is really suffering, for example, and that's for similar reasons in that the boundaries have come off. You know, when Jupiter goes into Pisces, the 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 breaks really come off this spread of this virus. Mm. You know, and again, it's the thing that that grows is also compassion. I hope, um, and I think maybe a more a greater understanding from many people that this is a global problem mm. you know you can resolve it in your country but then you're stuck there i mean you know when i talk to people in um the far east you know in china and taiwan you know they haven't really had a lockdown mm. um mm. not for ages i mean they've yep. in hong kong they have had a few um but you know they have these lockdowns they contain the virus and then they open up again yeah. so um they ha- and in taiwan they ha- have they had a lockdown at all they've been very strict about letting people in and out of the country mm. uh, and that's been successful okay so we're in the middle of a pandemic still and here we are in blighty talking about astrology mm. um so that was last month yeah well, actually and we're coming into you know gemini season yeah now. Uh, but Gemini season did begin earlier this year, which is this very sociable uh, time of communications. Um, and it's interesting this year because of the Mercury retrograde. But, you know, Geminis, we love Geminis, don't we, Sally? Yeah, we do. I, I, they're just fun. You know, they're interesting. They're, they're exciting. They're constantly curious about the world. And, and, you know, they're one of the social air signs. I have a lot of Gemini friends, actually, and, um, you often get this soulmate connection, don't you? Eight, eight signs. Scorpio Gemini's that eight signs round the zodiac, and it's often there's something there that really brings a connection. So I get really interested in things on a sort of deep, intense level as a Scorpio, and being around Gemini's, they just know so much. I mean, they just they pick up sort of information, ideas, and it's just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, one of my best friends is a tour guide. So just going round, you know, when you walk around London with her, God, I mean, it's just stuff that comes in. It's it's brilliant. There, there are wealth of information and ideas and snippets and fun. Yeah, I love Gemini's. I live with a Gemini. My daughter number two is a is a Gemini uh, with the Moon in Aquarius and Libra rising. She's super air. Yeah, and you know, it's fun. She lightens everything. She light. She brings light. She brings. Uh, she lightens the mood, yeah. um, and uh, she does know a lot. Actually, her problem is getting it down in the you know in the order in which her teachers want her to do it. <laughs> um, if she could do a sort of interpretive dance for her exams, I think that would be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. Yeah, and again, you know, thinking about a Gemini friend who's constantly juggling loads of different yeah. projects and people and ends up getting very stressed and lost and her time management goes out the window because there's just too much to hold and they're constantly being pulled in different di- directions and easily distracted. So Yeah, ADD, <laughs> it's, it's one of the ADD signs, isn't it? But versatile. It's the other thing, you know, uh, one of the things that people can find quite annoying about Gemini's is that they can turn out to be really pretty good at a lot of different things. 
um, happens yeah. to be, you know, ace yeah. in tennis and able to cook up and make a perfect arm. Yeah, yeah, and, and learn a guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And explain Nietzsche to you yeah. at the same time. Yes. <laughs> while they're doing it yeah. jack of all trades jack of all trades master of none is one of the worst sayings about a gemini but there is a little bit of truth in that. well there's a little bit of truth but they're often quite masterful at them as well i mean that's the thing when i say versatile yeah. it doesn't mean they're rubbish at it they're really rather good um at many things often they are but they're better, they're better when they're honing on one or two things rather than trying to do everything is, yeah. is kind of how i see them or have two jobs and two houses and two husbands or wives, you know. And two um, names, two names, yeah, yeah, two of everything. Two of everything. Why not? Um, yeah, yeah. So we're they're, getting into the we're getting into their season now. We are, and I keep noticing we're talking over one another, which yeah. is a bit kind of Gemini in a way, isn't it? It's yes. kind of, um, I suddenly have a lot to say. I, yes, I, I know. <laughs> it's interesting how. We end up playing out the star sign because quite controversial figures as well. They can be. I like that side of Gemini very often. You know, they're they're good at sort of um, bringing things to the foreground. I mean, one of the Gemini's I love is Russell Brand, um, and he's quite. He's a, he's so clever with words and eloquent, but also quite controversial as well. Um, he is controversial, and he's a trickster. I mean, this is the archetype. Yeah. of Gemini is the trickster yeah. and Russell Brand is an incredibly good communicator say what you like about him he's a fantastic communicator mm-hmm. say what you like about Boris Johnson he's a communicator Donald mm-hmm. Trump he's a communicator these are all Gemini's who can really um I was going to say uh, Berlusconi is not a Gemini he's a Libra isn't he but you know um these people are ha- have got the gift of the gab yeah you know? I noticed this about Johnson that he um, has a way with with a phrase. You know, he'll say some kind of phrase that's actually kind of hooky and interesting. Um, and interestingly enough, also, you know, the, the other thing about Johnson and Trump is they may not seem like the most articulate. Like Johnson comes across as a sort of bumbling, slightly buffoonish character, and Trump is whatever. Um, but somehow they manage to communicate effectively yeah. to their base, you know, mm. the people that they want to communicate to. No, they're, they're great communicators. I mean, yeah. you, know, you find them in journalism, media, writing, politics, don't you? They're the communicator of the... Yeah, so. I mean, if you go into a newspaper office or a magazine office and you say, you know, who ha- Gemini's raise your hands, it's yeah. like half the office, isn't it? yeah. That's their world. That's their world. Yeah. It's quite an interesting Gemini season, isn't it, this time around that we're moving into for a couple of major reasons. I mean, I don't know. Should we? I mean, because what's happening with Mercury, I think, is. is, I think we should. Let's talk about what's happening with Mercury, because Mercury moved into Gemini 4th of May. And, of course, it stays there till mid-July, which always tells us that it's about to turn retrograde. It's, It's going into its trickster archetype actually so it's there already it's there already it is you can feel it i've had quite a few weird glitchy things going on already um Mm. you know communications and and stuff and technology playing up a bit um it's there already and it actually turns retrograde on may 29th turns direct on june 22nd so this podcast is may 20th to june 21st so for most of you know, for most of this Gemini season, 
Mercury is playing around. It's yeah. <sighs> it's super trickster. I, you know, when it when it goes, I think it's a really interesting retrograde when it when Mercury retrogrades in Gemini in its own sign. Um, you know, one of the things about Mercury is that it is. Um, he is the God who moves between the upper and lower worlds. He can move into the lower world. And I think he does that when he's retrograding, he moves back and forth, you know, he's a psychopomp and we can have conversations when Mercury is retrograde in Gemini. This is still extremely conversational. It's, we can talk about some really deep stuff. Um, I also think that the lying and the untruths, you know, you can find out lies, are sometimes revealed during a retrograde, but they can sometimes happen. And with that current situation of having Jupiter in Pisces, this all gets expanded because these are both signs which are associated with the Prince of Lies, mm-hmm. um, with untruths and and or hidden truth, hiding the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe sometimes Mercury and Gemini behind a flurry of words. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Jupiter and Pisces, just, you know, with images or in other ways. Um, but the flurry of words, be, be wary of the flurry of words with Mercury and Gemini retrograde, I think. Well, and also it turns retrograde square to Neptune. Yep. Um, you know, so Neptune, we're, we're in the realm of fantasy and illusion, Um you know, and that's going to be the key aspect throughout Mercury's retrograde phase. So it's even more, um, you know, the, the veil, trying to find the truth, I think, moving forward throughout this month is going to be extremely difficult. And that's really something to hold on to. And I'm wondering as well, you know, if you are a Gemini, actually, if you're a Gemini, you may have to tell lies or you may have to keep something hidden or, you know, you may not feel it's the time to reveal all actually. And um, maybe hard to keep something hidden as well. I mean, one of the things that happens during a retrograde also is that you can find lost stuff, right? Yes. And yes. so this retrograde could be about finding the lost words or the yeah. lost stories. Yeah. Or revealing that things are a fantasy that you know that seem to be true. So that it works in two ways. Of course, there's the doubling of Gemini that we talked about, which is why it makes it such a fascinating sign. Um, finding your, you know, that you, you know, finding your double. Um, mm. the story of um, the doppelganger. You know, when you find your doppelganger, it's a dangerous moment, isn't it? It's a dangerous thing. Mm. So we have double doubling um, mm. with Mercury uh, and Gemini, Mercury retrograde. And just being in Gemini anyway, it's a double, double, mm. um, doubling down, double trouble. Yeah, definitely themes of double trouble and doppelganger yeah. going on. Double, I mean, it, it, just it's, it's interesting because trying to talk about what this means for each of the star signs, I can already feel myself thinking, well, it means that or the opposite. <laughs> well, it <laughs> does. Know? It literally mean, does mean that or the opposite. So, just to put it in a nutshell, what we're saying is it means lies, but it also means the truth being revealed. Yeah. The opposite yeah. things. But it does actually portend both of those, which means that you should not be making any major decisions, frankly, until the next podcast. Um, yeah. Because actually uh, Mercury goes direct on whatever it is, the 22nd of June, something like that. 
Mm-hmm. And really, that's when, you know, you should be finding stuff out, investigating, mm-hmm. being suspicious of mm-hmm. what people are telling you until after that point. Yeah. And also, I think, be aware that you're going to be changing your mind. Yeah. Be aware that your plans will change. Nothing. It, it's a very kind of fluid time, isn't it? You have to sort of go with the flow and be flexible, be adaptable. There's so much mutable energy. I mean, Gemini and Pisces are the mutable star signs and the eclipses this month also are bringing in mutable. Oh my God, the eclipses. I mean, okay. So just to, and the other thing about the, um, this Mercury retrograde is it does make a conjunction with Venus on the same day. It squares Neptune makes a conjunction with Venus. So there's a romantic side to it as well. Yes. Just that, you know, get it back in touch with your, lovers you know if you're missing them um especially for uh sagittarians yeah um, aquarius as well fifth house romance yeah um so you fifth house exactly so there is that side to it yeah. and it clicks in with the um eclipses so this makes the whole thing even more turmoil even more difficult to pin down even more slippery. I think that's one of the words I would use for the current what's yeah. going on. It's slippery. And don't think that you can just stick your little anchor in and stop yourself from slipping. You need to lift up your anchor and go with the flow um, mm. or mm. set sail because it's an air signs, isn't it? Put your, put, your, um, uh, put your sails up. Kite surfing. Kite surfing. You're going <laughs> to have to go and just hope for, you know, hang on, hope for the best. So the, the the sea is big with Pisces and the winds are high. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we live on an island. We like these nautical references. There's a lot of imagery going on, haven't we, yeah. as well, which is, is kind of feels very, I mean, if you're an artist, God, this could be a huge, yeah, fantastic. creative um, period, actually. Just immerse yourself in emotion and imagery and, all of that. I mean, it does feel it's it's kind of exciting, dramatic, um, and a time to escape and lose yourself as well. I think. I think this is really, you know, the astrology this month is find a way to escape from the worries of the world. Actually, find yeah. Escape. Uh, depending on the sign, I mean, the Gemini's not only are they getting this interesting Mercury retrograde and the eclipses, they also that Jupiter. And Pisces is right on the top of their chart. So there's no escaping from public attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be seen. And actually, in a way, for Pisces, a lot of Pisces, I think that's also true. You, there's no escape, you know, you, you're there. Uh, so you have, to, you, you have to man up. You have to uh, – you can't hide yourself under a, a, a rock, which may be the sort of thing that normal Pisces might want to do. <laughs> normal Pisces, me, um, taking myself as the norm. I quite like to hide under a rock, but I don't think I can. No, the water, I mean, you know, water signs, um, are, there's a side of introvert, you know, we yeah. call them the introvert signs, don't we? That like their own time and <laughs> yeah. just be able to do what they want really and, and stay a little bit hidden. <laughs> but don't you think this combination of the Mercury retrograde and the eclipses and Jupiter and Pisces are quite interesting for Virgo? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for the Virgo, certain possibilities are likely to open up, you know, and something's going to go as well for Virgo because of yeah. where that eclipse is. It's a total eclipse of the moon. 
yeah. on the 26th of May. And for Virgos, it's right on a, a critical angle it's yeah. on, the, on the IC. Mm. Um, so something may change with your housing or your family, mm. um, your mother. You know, there's a big uh, open, uh, something opens up. And this is a very emotional eclipse. Mm. Um, so I think that once everybody should be prepared for other people, if it not if it's not affecting you, for other people to be behaving quite irrationally. Yeah, and that's I mean I think all the mutable signs, you know, Gemini. We've talked about Gemini, Pisces, Virgo, also Sagittarius. Yeah. I mean, what happens on the uh, eclipse? It's a full moon lunar eclipse on May twenty six. Is that you've got the moon in Sagittarius, you've got the sun in Gemini, and you've got Jupiter in Pisces. So you know, it, it's what where is the change the change can come in one area of your life and then that means the change kind of pulls through different areas of your life so it is connected with your you know for Sagittarius your home and family as well it's kind of and what goes on in one area then has an impact on another area or someone in your life has a you know there's a big move and that pulls you with them so I kind of feel for the mutable signs in particular this you know eclipse season it's different areas of life that you have to respond to whatever goes on. It's not but just it, kind of so clear about one area of your life in a way, um, I feel. Yeah, such for Sagittarians, I mean, this eclipse is right on your, you know, it's a biggie, it's right in your sign. You know, it's going to be a change in outlook, probably, right? Mm-hmm. That something may happen that changes your outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, you know, a, a, an eclipse is like a blink. And suddenly you see things differently afterwards. You know, you, you close your eyes, you open them again, and the world has changed or you have changed. Yeah. And I think it's pretty powerful for um, Sagittarians. And because it ties in with this Mercury stuff and this going on, it could well be about relationships, you and your attitude to relationships. It's like you've been, you know, I don't know, working with someone for years and you blink and you suddenly realize that you love them. You mm. know, it's that kind of, sudden opening up and realization of what you actually feel about a person and i think that it's about feelings for sagittarians yeah but because you know eclipses have a hidden or shadowy theme traditionally you know you wouldn't really elect anything important on the day of eclipse because Mm. you know there's that's the shadow has fallen you've got to wait for the light to be revealed but three days after this eclipse, Mercury turns retrograde. Mm. So it means that whatever does kind of occur or get seeded or comes to completion around this eclipse, you're still a little bit in the dark for the next few weeks. So just continue to explore, feel your way through. Um, you know, what happens, mate, it's unlikely to be the end of it or the, you know, the, there's things unfolding and unfurling. Um, and you need to go with that. Um, that's kind I, of- I think that, you know, one thing, one very simple thing you could say with uh, for Sagittarians is, you know, if you want get, to get back in touch with somebody, do mm. under this Mercury retrograde. If that's what you suddenly may know, I mean, you may understand your heart's desire mm. more clearly than you did before mm. or a certain situation mm. um, with another person. Yeah. And I would say also for Aquarians, you know, there's something in there about, um, yeah, about love, communications, desire, you know, 
Mm. I think, and that's also, you know, we need to um, remind that one of the Mercury retrograde themes is people from the past getting back in touch. So, you know, for Aries and also Leo, these are very social um, friendship sectors of your chart that's, that's being triggered as well. Mm. Um, so for the other two fire signs, Aries and Leo, this might be about, you know, reconnecting with um, a long lost relative or getting back in touch with a, a friend you haven't heard from. So there's also, I mean, that's one of the real plus sides of this, of this phase that there's likely to be communications with people that are reemerging. Um, that are coming, you know, that are coming forth, or you go off and you try and find someone. I mean, that'd be a great time for doing that. I also think that just for Leo, I was just thinking that this, um, the first eclipse, this one in Sagittarius is really, uh, you know, if you've been creatively blocked, you, you know, this is an amazing eclipse for possible unblocking, you know, Uh, and although one wouldn't advise to sort of start anything on an eclipse or seed anything particularly. I mean, you know, one doesn't want to be too exaggerate that too much. Lots of babies are born on eclipses and they're just fine. Um, You wouldn't necessarily want to start something, but you can definitely let stuff go on this eclipse. And that that would be sort of emotional things that have been stopping you. And I think for for Leo's, I think this could be like a creative block or, some kind and that could be literally about you know having babies but it also about painting a picture or whatever Mm. um yeah no i i I agree with that um and it is a it is a full moon eclipse so you know this is the time when you start looking at what you want to shed what you want to release um which also in a way fits the mercury retrograde theme I think it's also connected, you know, it's connected to ideas and learning and ideologies. And that's these Gemini Sagittarius axis. This kind of is really important, I think, for both Aries and Libra. Um, yeah. You know, because it is about what you believe or. Um, or letting go of some belief that you thought you held very, very, especially for Aries, you know, that you had some ideology, like, I don't know, you were a, a Scientologist and you suddenly think, no, I'm not a Scientologist anymore. I don't believe in, what do they believe in Scientologists? I can never remember. Um, Scientology is what they believe in. Yeah. I don't believe that anymore. I'm going to become a Quaker, you know, yeah. that it's that kind of releasing of something. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think for Taurus, it's pretty good for releasing um, some kind of habit, an emotional habit that you've got. Yeah. yeah. Um, some kind of ingrained thing that you, you know, that you thought you had to do all the time. And you don't have to do that under, you know, that's what this, it, this eclipse, especially if you had some emotional, you know, like eating or something like that, overeating, it's a good time to sort of let go or deal with it or um, um, allow it to go. Yeah. And I think for Libra, I just want to say for Libra, you may make up your mind about something on this literary eclipse. I wonder who this is addressed to, Sally. And then you might might find yourself (laughs) constantly changing your mind about it over the next few weeks. So just be aware that this is a process that's unfolding. Don't necessarily act on this change of mind. Wait until Mercury turns direct and then, you know, see where you're at. 
I, we've already said it once. Let's say it again. Wait till that mercury goes direct, everybody, before making important decisions. Yeah. Do the research. Use this mercury retrograde and these eclipses to do the research. Information is likely to be revealed. Why? Because the eclipses are across the information axis and because of the mercury retrograde. So there's the other eclipse on June 10th in uh, Gemini, which is less, um, you know, momentous because it's not a total eclipse, but it's still a big one, isn't it? Um, It's nearly complete, I think. You know, I think I I can't remember where you can see it from. I know the the first one you can see from the is in the middle of the Pacific, so you can see it in California and Japan. You know, it's like that. Yeah. Not um, in Europe. The, t- the total eclipse of the, the moon, we won't be able to see in Europe, but there's a lot of the world, the Americas, Australia, Southeast Asia, that will yeah. be able to see it. But I think they, and the solar eclipse isn't total. Um, and it's actually quite far north. So I think if you're kind of far up in Canada, you'll probably see it, Alaska. Um, but also in Europe, you're likely yeah. to see it, although it won't be as impressive um, but still really worth looking out for. But again, with an eclipse, don't look at it directly. I mean, you need to, you know, wear your little special eclipse glasses, which again is is kind of a nice symbolism, isn't it, for an eclipse? Yeah. You know. It's over the North Pole. I just remember it actually. That uh, sort of that's where that the second one is centered. But so it's but you should may be able to see it from northern Europe. Mm. Um and it's less uh I think it's less strong. Although it is the last one that we're going to have in Gemini, isn't it? Before the next round. Yes, it is. This is, you know, this also with eclipses, sometimes the actual dates of eclipses are important, but it's these cycles, it's the patterns that are really powerful. So this eclipse cycle started in June 2020. It ends in December 2021 when there'll be a final solar eclipse in Sagittarius. Also, I think it, it's really powerful, this eclipse, because it does, it's very similar, this eclipse cycle, to what took place December 2001 to November 2003. So, you know, when you're looking, working with the big patterns of astrology, it's kind of think back to that time to see what may be repeating in some way or how you can learn from that time and bring something new to it as well. Um, and this solar eclipse on the June the 10th is right next to Mercury, isn't it? It's the Mercury retrograde. So we have the Sun-Mercury sort of Kazemi moment happens on June the 11th. So it could be really insightful, I think, this eclipse. It could really, you know, this this might be the start of what's been hidden coming to light or information being revealed at it or time to have a really important conversation, actually. It's a turning point. I mean, it could well be a turning point. Mm. I'm just um, thinking because it's, as you said, it's related to those eclipses back then. Um, and this is the final one in this series. Uh, not the, It's the final one in Gemini. There's another one in Sagittarius mm. uh, near Christmas. Mm. Um, but this is the final one in Gemini, the final solar eclipse in this st- series. So the nodes are beginning to, you know, they're in their last bit of being in Gemini. They're at 10 degrees. Mm. So if you have anything at 10 degrees, especially one in the mutables or in the air signs, this eclipse, the, the nodes at any rate are making a very, you know, you're making angles at the nodes, they're pointing at the nodes. And, um, the eclipse itself is at 19 degrees. Um, that's why it's not um, exact. It's too far away. They're too far apart, you know. Um, 
all that space in between is affected. So it's going to affect a lot of people, I think. A lot of the a lot of Gemini, a lot of Sagittarians, Pisces, Virgo again, this, you know, you will feel this eclipse. Mm. Mm. And it's square to Neptune again, isn't it? So Yeah, it's it's doing that. Pisces is playing a really powerful role. Um you know, and it, well, so it's also got a, you know, it is a time of insight, but there's still this shadowy theme. So do be aware of this or an emotional theme with the square to Neptune. You know, there's a conversation that becomes very emotional. Um, I think that, I think that the, um, you know, for Virgos, this could be good for your career. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it has to be said that, that uh, eclipses can open doors, right? Mm. So you may, a boss may go with an eclipse, for, yes. for Virgos, for example, but actually, some kind of opportunity could open up. Yeah, um, and, and I would for Virgo in particular. I would look for past contacts, past connections, because yeah. of the Mercury retrograde theme. It might be if you're looking for work, go back to an old boss or you know an old employer, because mm-hmm. the the maybe something coming in. And since uh, since it's an eclipse, it's something out of the blue quite often. Yeah, the unexpected. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I have a big talk um, that I'm going to do on just after this, and I'm now thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, but, yeah. I mean, all that Gemini energy is great for talking, Christina. It should be good for talking. I'm going to be very, very careful that all the technology is working, though. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it could go really it could go really screwy, couldn't it? Yeah, I would double check. I mean, this is, again, macro retrograde themes. It's, yeah. you know, double check things. Um, make sure that person knows you're meeting up. You know, double check the technology. Really important when the trickster planet is is retrograde. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking about as well for Scorpio on this eclipse. Um, you know, it it does. This is quite an interesting eclipse, I think, for Scorpio, because it's kind of a taboo area um, of your life. Something being revealed that could be, I don't know, a little bit shocking. I mean, there's taboo areas. I mean, money, power, sex, you know, the afterlife, the underworld. It's those kind of themes for, for Scorpio. So you could really be delving into deep into something, but just be... Um, see what comes to light and then give yourself time to breathe and think and and reflect and explore and research until that Mercury direct date, which is very close to the solstice, um, June the 22nd, when Mercury turns direct. So it could be, yeah, it feels like something hidden being revealed to Scorpio, I think, on this eclipse. And Capricorn is interesting as well, isn't it? Um this on this particular eclipse it's about work mm. you know which is something Cap- a lot of capricorns are quite interested in <laughs> mm. and it's an it maybe an opportunity again like the virgo it may be an opportunity at work or someone leaving or something changing there's some kind of shift happening mm. that uh that opens a door as Sally was saying though you know don't jump in until mercury has gone direct mm. but just Maybe if a door does open, make sure you keep it propped open, you know, mm. put a little wedge in there yeah. um, so that you can come back to it. Mm. Um, but and, and watch your colleagues on the eclipse, the Capricorn, you know, what's happening amongst your colleagues amongst or amongst the people you employ. Yeah. You know, some truth may be revealed. 
yeah. um, or some lie may be revealed, actually. Yeah. Um, and I would like to also talk about cancer as well. Yeah. I think this is, you know, there's cancer ruled by the moon is you're a moon child. So, and these eclipses feel quite emotional to you, actually, because, you know, the first one squares Jupiter in Pisces. Um, this solar eclipse squares Neptune in Pisces. And it's in a very personal um, sector of your horoscope, this solar eclipse. Plus, just noticing that you've had Mars in Cancer, and it's at 29 Cancer on the eclipse. It's just about to leave your star sign. So I think this could be really letting go. You know, it might be you'd be done with a personal issue or, you know, there's something that's been causing you worry, anxiety, and it's time to close the door on that. Um, but it does feel quite an emotional eclipse as well. So look at what needs to be shared or what needs to be released. I think that's really powerful for cancer. Maybe be aware that this will be quite an emotional time for you. I mean, you know, yeah. all the water signs, we, all the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, we like a cry. And Christine and I have been a little bit emotional. <laughs> oh, yesterday was terrible, wasn't it? Mooning Cancer yesterday and we were both oh. in tears. So, you yeah. know, Things and that's emotions can release as well. So, you know, get ready right. for, Crying get ready about for the an, an emotional release, Cancer, mm. and the other water signs probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that Cancer, you know, this, you know, Cancer knows this. You know this already, Cancerians. That you know, all eclipses really affect you anyway. Mm. You know, as much as the signs that are where the eclipses actually take place. Um, so that total lunar eclipse is huge for cancer as well yeah. you know, for cancerians it again that may be um it may be to do with colleagues it may be a health issue i think um and actually eclipses can be quite good for that because they are a health issue being revealed or being released mm. um so there's nothing you know that's not don't be don't be um don't do anything foolish, obviously, but don't be fearful because it's a more of a revelation about a health issue. Mm. Um, so biggest, I mean, really big astrology going on this month. It's you know, huge. So. It's huge. And it's all hugeified. It's magnified yeah. by Jupiter being in Pisces. So it's like having a magnifying glass over water. You know what I mean? So everything is even bigger. Um, and I think people and and having this eclipse, this lunar eclipse, especially that first one, so emotional. Jupiter and Pisces, so emotional. Mercury hanging around in Gemini for so long, so so much talk about everything. Blah 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 blah. You know, very hard to kind of get a handle on things. And I think the main piece of advice for all signs is, don't worry about not getting a handle on things. Just uh, find out as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Investigation. It, it's it is. It's an investigative time. Don't believe everything you hear or read, but explore more. Make sure that you you know you look at all sides of a situation. And really, I think it's really important moving forward in this month to be compassionate and kind. You know, and it, it's. Eclipses can be very divisive. There can be a divisiveness going on, and particularly as they're falling in Gemini Sagittarius. I'm right, you're wrong. You know, no, I'm. You know, I've I've got the truth. No, you've got the truth. So you know, there's 
the best side of the Pisces is that compassion, being willing to um, to share, be open, be kind. Imagination as well, being able to imagine yourself in the, in the situation of the other. You know, mm. that's why you can be compassionate is because you're using your imagination because compassion is an act of imagination. Mm. Um, it's, a, you know, opening your mind. Yeah. And actually one of the thick combinations, interesting combination of this Gemini Pisces energy is about opening your compassion or your imagination or your mind with information. Yeah. So getting more information. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we haven't, we're not getting quite up to the solstice, are we? We're, are we going to do that next month, Sal? Yeah, we do the solstice next month because that's yeah. the sun's move into Cancer. But there's just a couple of other little things I wanted to pick up on because, I mean, we've got the big themes. I mean, firstly, we wanted to say that there is the second Saturn Uranus square during this period, which mm. is on June the 14th. But we decided we're not going to talk about it now. And listen in to last month's podcast if you haven't already, because we covered the Saturn Uranus square a lot then. Um, I mean, it's triggered throughout 2021, but February, June, December are the main aspects. And we did look at it last. Um, we went on and on about it. That's what Sally's trying to say. We went on and on because we're quite obsessed with it. But this time there's so much other stuff that we needed to talk about. So have a listen to last month's podcast. And the other thing is Mars to Leo, isn't it? Which well, is- Mars, in, Mars into Leo and Venus into Cancer, actually. I, I, I just want to pick up on both these things. Mars enters Leo on the 12th of June, I think. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got an 11th. But that means it's all tangled up with the eclipse, you see. Yeah, it is tangled so this, up with the eclipse. So this exit, so Mars in Leo is like action. It really is an active place for Mars to be. And it brings some fire into the whole uh, mess that, you know, the whole planetary mess, the smorgasbord, the, I want to say the slurry, but that's not a very nice image, is it? Um, And we need some fire. Yes, this fire has been, it's been the missing element this this year for a lot of the time. Um, You know, there's not been a lot of fire and fire is motivation, joy, play, fun, you know, the spark. Yeah, um, the spark. Moving. It's so, liveliness. Yeah, and this Mars in Cancer, I haven't been very fond of at all. It's been a bit grouchy and whingy. And <laughs> yeah, it's been hard, hasn't it? It's, it's been, been a hard. Lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of emotions have come up. Mm. Um, yeah, so just to say that Mars will leave Cancer on June the 11th and Venus enters Cancer on June the 2nd. And that's much nicer because Venus likes to be in Cancer. That's kind of again, emphasizes the good side of emotions. Um, you know, Venus and Cancer, very nurturing. Um, Special, you know, loving your friends, yeah. loving your family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mars and Cancer is interesting. There may have, people may have been finding that they're having kind of arguments within the family just with Mars and Cancer. It's just good to note that. It's a really simple piece of astrology. Yeah. Um, so thank goodness it goes into Leo, which is really creative. You yeah. know, sparks creativity sparks joy frankly mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and venus but, picks up the mars is battening cancer throughout yeah. june so i think you know the sort of love and sex planets the relating planets in a way are, are in a much better place by the end of this month they're kind of working to their strengths rather than their detriments so i think that's a nice shift as well 
other mm-hmm. thing to note is this just is a really nice day is that when Venus shifts into Cancer, she'll trine Jupiter yes. in Pisces. And that's rather lovely. Yeah. Uh, so what day yeah. is that? Then? Well, it's, June, it's actually, in fact, the moon is conjunct Jupiter in Pisces on June the 1st, and then Venus in Cancer is trying Jupiter in Pisces on June the 3rd. And yeah. that's really, really lovely. It's a really um, good but, period. It's it's wait, good for, for uh, family. It's good for children. It's good for nurturing. Um, yeah, and, and it's actually it just lucky. Twicks the eclipses. It's right in between them. Yeah. So during, you know, it's these kind of dramatic eclipse periods. And then this is a, a chance to sort of, ah, just sort of fall into something beautiful and wonderful and lovely. Mm-hmm. All the nice stuff. Right, so- Sally. Gosh, that was, um, that it's, it's a stormy month in a way, isn't it? It's stormy, um, but exciting. Yeah. And things are changed. You know, when you have eclipses, this is a time of change. Yes. You know, it's a time of accelerated growth, eclipse yes. period. Um, yeah. That's the good that's the good way of putting it, isn't it? Or knocking it things out of the you know, move, moving fast and knocking things over or whatever those yeah. people say. Things um, things are gonna change quickly in the coming month. So it's really important to you know, use the strength of those mutable signs, be flexible, be adaptable. Um, keep checking things out, you know. Yeah, and don't get too fixated on stuff or on a particular idea because mm-hmm. you may have to let it go. Yeah. Very good for letting go of ideas that total solar, both the total lunar eclipse and the solar eclipse. Let go of your ideas that do not work anymore yeah. or that don't, um, that aren't helpful for other people too. Mm-hmm. You know, your ideas about other people. Yeah. Or, or certain situations may be evolving rapidly as you discover more, have more information. Okay. Good. On that exciting note, yes. we'll see you or speak to you next month yeah. um, on the 18th. Yeah, the solstice next. Yeah. Yay. Next month. Yay. So we'll see you all then. Take care, everybody. Have a good month. Um, I'll see you, Christina. Bye.